Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi, everyone. How are you? Welcome back. Thank you all for showing up and supporting this podcast that has been delivering good news since we launched back in 2018. And who knew back then that we would be needing good news this much in 2021, right? But here we are. This summer has certainly felt different for all of us. Recently, my summer took a difficult turn just keeping it real here on the podcast. Even though we like to talk about good news, we're just keeping it real always. And I do know that focusing on positive stories and positive people has always helped all of us feel better. So that's what we're doing today. Once again, I'm reminded that gratitude is so, so important. So I am extremely grateful that you're here today listening in this safe space. So welcome to podcast episode number 91 This summer has also brought many of us a slice of normal life as far as travel is concerned. I know that travel seems to literally be on everyone's minds these days. Everyone's talking about travel and many of us are traveling. We have either traveled already this summer or we have more travel plans coming up. After more than a year of cutting back their travel plans, we are all eager to hit the roads and the airports this summer and for the rest of 2021. But factors like the Delta variant of certainly making things a little bit more complicated, both here in the US and also around the world. So let's get some expert advice now from someone who lives and breathes travel for her job every single day. Luxury travel advisor, Jen Terra started her own travel business called Jen Terra Travels, and she has been crushing it ever since. Her Instagram is also a must follow. We'll talk about that today on the episode. She's a mom and a small business owner who helps her clients every single day as they navigate the ever-changing travel situation out there post-COVID. So happy traveling to all of us. And here's my recent conversation with Jen Tara from Connecticut. And Jen Tara, who runs her own business in the travel industry, is joining me now from Connecticut. Hi, Jen. How are you? Hi, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, well, I'm so excited to see you and do this today because everyone is traveling, it seems like, or they have travel on their minds. So I think this topic is super, super timely. Um, But tell us just off the top quickly, like, where is everyone going this summer? Because I feel like everyone is going somewhere, but where are your clients going? Where is everyone going? Well, that's a... Uh, complicated question. <laughs> um, everybody, all of my clients or all of those that are traveling um, are sort of, I have two categories of clients. One are have no interest in dealing with traveling internationally, um, and they are a lot more comfortable staying um, domestic. And most of them, because they're most mostly on the East Coast, are staying in the New England area. So they're hitting, you know, your iconic um, Cape Cod spots, Chatham Bars Inn, the Wacasset, the Ocean House in Rhode Island, um, Weekapog Inn. There's so many great New England um, inns and resorts. Um, and so the problem with those, though, are they booked up way in advance. Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard would be added to that list. Um, And so a lot of people that are, you know, used to maybe waiting a month, six weeks prior to their trip are are a little bit surprised because 
there's no availability there. So those of my clients that are going there are already going and anybody new isn't able to go. So that's challenging, but um, also great for those inns um, and resorts because they're happy to have the business. Um, and then I have a group of clients that are still going to the Caribbean, even during the summer, because they really want to get out of this area. Um, and it's a bit easier to travel in the Caribbean than it is to say, go to Europe right now. Um, and so a lot of people are going to the Caribbean. A lot of people are going to Mexico, Costa Rica. Um, and so, you know, whereas a lot of people wouldn't normally do that during the summer, they're really enjoying their vacations to those places. Um, and yeah, then that sounds good. I, I'm, yeah. I'm ready for that. Yep. Yep. And then I do have a group of people that are, are heading to Europe. So um, Greece and Croatia were one of the first two European countries that said that they were welcoming tourists um, with either, you know, proof of vaccination or a PCR test. Um, and then Italy opened. So those are sort of the top European areas that I'm sending clients to. A lot of people are excited about Greece this summer. There's a lot of people in Greece. Um, and that's a really fun trip to plan because you can island hop and every island is totally different. Um, and then we have some clients that are heading to California and, um, you know, Montana and Wyoming that are looking um, for a bit more nature, um, but again, want to sort of, you know, stay close to home. Now, Jen, how is the Delta variant affecting travel plans right now? Because I feel like that's something that we're just hearing more and more about as each day passes. Um, it's sort of on more and more people's minds. So how is that impacting travel? Yeah, so um, that is a newer, <laughs> um, it's not newer, it's been around for what, like two months, um, but now it's just starting to impact the conversation around travel. Um, so far, anybody that was open hasn't changed their protocol or their entry requirements for the most part, although I did just get an email today, for example, Iceland now is requiring a PCR test in, ad in addition to the vaccination. Um, so there'll be changes like that. Um, I don't anticipate anything at this point shutting down um, that's already open. That doesn't mean that that couldn't happen. Any, as we all know from the last two years, anything could happen. Um, so I have client, the clients that I read that reach out to me that are concerned. The conversation we always have is um, always booking a hotel or a resort. Two things actually. One, always booking one with a great cancellation policy. Um, you know, with a with a small cancellation window, so that if anything happens, and you know, most of the hotels that we're looking at are seven days. So. Um, that's a good amount of time to sort of know if you're not comfortable with traveling or things are going in a direction where you don't think you want to be heading out internationally. Um, the other thing is travel insurance is so important. Um, and I insist that all of my clients purchase it and I provide them with quotes um, and there's different types of insurance that exist. Um, and so that is a really important way to, um, you know, have some peace of mind as well. Yeah, that's super um, yeah, that smart. I never do that. I never do that, Jen. Yeah. So I'm going to oh, start. Yeah. I'm going to start. Yeah. <laughs> and it's thank not you for expensive. That. It's yeah. not expensive. Um, well, travel uh, trip cancellation is more expensive than coverage for stuff that could have happened to you while you're traveling, medical or financial. Um, 
but um, there's, yeah, there's different ways at it. And it's, and most people I talk to are the same as you, Nina. They, they hadn't purchased it. They never thought about it before. And now they're purchasing it. Yeah. Well, thanks to, <laughs> thanks to Jen. I'm going to do that now. So Jen, um, the reports are that I haven't been to an airport lately. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was, I was at one in the spring, but reports are that airports are totally crazy now. There's long lines, there's big crowds. So what are your best tips to sort of deal with the crowds and the airport lines right now? And what do you think is causing that? Is it a staff shortage? Is it more people traveling or is that like a combo? But so what are the tips and then what's causing that? If you're traveling internationally, definitely get there three hours before. If you're traveling domestically, two hours. That's what I recommend to all clients. And I have a lot of clients that push back on that. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's way too much time and sometimes it's barely enough. And I just, I'd rather always err on the conservative side. I also, I'm late. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm late everywhere in my life for some reason. Isn't every mom late with kids, right? Come on now, Jen. <laughs> for some reason, when it comes to getting on a plane, and this is long before I was even in the travel business, I love to get to the airport early because I like to go to the lounge. I like to have a little snack before I get on the plane. I do not want to be stressed out rushing around. So this is you know, I do this anyway. Um, but the reason behind it is that it's two things. One, any anytime somebody's going somewhere with any kind of entry requirement, um, the they cannot check in online. This is 90% of the time anyway. They can't check on online. So the the agent at the not at the gate, but at the check-in um, desk has to physically look over everybody's entry documents to make sure that they have their PCR test, to make sure that they have their QR code from their specific destination, to make sure that they have their vaccination card. Those agents at the, the airlines are the gatekeepers right now. And and that's a huge additional thing that they have to look at. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of people that don't use travel agents (laughs) or those people that aren't good researchers don't even know what they need. And they're sitting at you know, talking and arguing back and forth to try to get on their flight and they can't. And so then that holds up the line. So those lines are a lot longer because of the entry requirements. Um, And also the sheer number of people that are traveling right now, especially during the summer. So I always recommend trying to leave on a Monday or Sunday even, um, not a Friday or Thursday, Friday or Saturday are gonna be busier days. Um, And sometimes also you get better rates anyway if you your first night's on a Sunday or a Monday. So that's sort of how I recommend it. Also, if you can um, get sky, you know, sky priority, any kind of priority that you can either if you have status or if you can purchase it, do that and check in if you can. Uh, I'm sorry, carry on if you can. Carry on, yeah. Those, I are, also, my <laughs> those are such good tips. I love getting there early. And also this spring, I finally signed up for Clear. Oh God, um, the best thing in the world. Yeah, that was super <laughs> helpful too. So I'm sort of psyched yeah. that I was that I did that this spring so that I'm ready for the next trip. But so Jen, yeah. I do have some friends and I know we'll have some listeners um, that this applies to, but where can people go this summer still? Like if they're still looking to go somewhere, say in August, right? Here we are at the end uh-huh. of July. We're at the very end of July. But if someone is listening and they're like, Jen, I still want to go away in August, but I just can't figure out where to go or what to do. What are your best, what's your best advice for someone looking to still go away this summer in August? Where can they go? Um, Well, it just really depends. Um, I would say places like Hawaii and um, Turks and Caicos, even those are just, and and 
Greece, those are really busy spots. So you're not going to get, you might be able to find a room here or there, but you're not going to get your top choice in terms of resort. So um, those areas are, are tough. And also all of the New England resorts, um, the bigger, more popular ones that I had mentioned earlier, those are sort of off the table for August. Um, so, you know, I would look at Costa Rica, because Costa Rica is one of my favorite destinations to recommend to people. It's the at sort of the tail end of the rainy season, but there's certain areas like the Papagayo Peninsula that are a little drier all year round. Um, and so I, I recommend that. That is also getting filled up though. Um, just areas that maybe people don't necessarily think of for August trips outside of New England and outside of Europe. Um, but Croatia is one that I highly recommend for somebody that, that wants Europe. I actually visited there in June for the first time. Um, for somebody that wants Europe, it's more affordable than, you know, the Amalfi Coast um, and even Greece. Um, it's, you know, they, they were open last summer. They're doing a great job around safety. Um, and, you know, it's just one of the most, it's one of my most favorite European countries. And it's just a little bit less something, you know, people don't think about it as much. So there's, it's definitely booking, but it's not booking with that same intensity that like a Greece or an Amalfi coaster um, booking. So definitely look at Croatia if you want Europe. Um, there's still some availability there. And then my favorite time of the year to travel, honestly, um, is September. I know that's tough if you have children, but, um, you know, there's less crowds, there's more availability. Um, there's less kids if you want to get away from your kids. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I would recommend looking at a different date if you can, not during summer peak. Okay. So Jen, what about California in the summer? I feel like that could be fun in August. What do you think about California right now? I know they do have a mask mandate, again, mm -hmm. because of the Delta variant in Los Angeles. But just mm -hmm. overall, what are your thoughts on California for August? Well, I'm a California girl, so I always think California is a good idea all, all parts of the year. Um, and it's such a dynamic state. So there's a lot of different types of trips you could do there. Um, obviously, the wine countries, the first that comes to mind, Napa and Sonoma. Um, and availability exists. It's a little tight um, and certain, you know, like Auberge du Soleil and um, Napa is a, a popular one that's that's filling up. But there's the Montage just opened um, in Healdsburg, which is beautiful. So definitely I would I, I'm looking at California for the summer. Um, and also you could do you know, you could do a trip. You could if you wanted to do a longer trip, you could start out, um, you know, on the coast up north and then head down, you know, along the PCH and hit Big Sur, um, you know, Santa Cruz, you could do a fun little road trip through California, um, Santa Barbara, San Diego, there's, there's so many great spots in California. Um, and there, you know, there is resort availability. I do have a lot of clients that have reached out about home availability in California to rent homes, and that is very tight. In general, um, villas and home rentals domestically are very tough to come by for the summer. Yeah, I can um, imagine. No, yeah. I know you just you just took a trip with your daughter to Bermuda. I love Bermuda, and I love Bermuda yeah. in the summer. But is there any availability uh, left in Bermuda at all? Um, yeah, there is actually. Um, and less people were thinking about it because they had a very, very restrictive. Um, I mean, it was almost impossible to go there. You have you have to you had to do a quarantine up until um, the beginning of June. So now you have to be vaccinated to avoid the two week quarantine. 
um, as an adult, any minors accompanying adults that are vaccinated um, would follow the same um, guidelines as them, which is you have to have a test four days prior to arrival. And then once you get there, you take another test at the airport. Um, and then you have to stay in your hotel until on your resort until those results come back. And then you're free to, you know, wander all of the island. Um, and then every four days you have to take a test. Um, and I know for some people that haven't traveled and take, taken tests, that sounds really tedious um, and annoying, but it's actually, they make it really easy in the hotels. Um, they will do the test, you know, they have, most hotels either has a, have a designated area where they take the tests or they will come directly to your room. Rosewood um, has a designated area. So it was very easy. We had no issues. Um, the airport was very efficient. It's a brand new airport in Bermuda. It's beautiful. Um, and we, we went on a Saturday and then there were no, no crowds. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's availability and it is so easy to get to from New York. I know. Uh, I love that flight. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. But then once you land, you feel like you're a million miles away, but it's super fast on that, on that flight. But what about, what about if you don't have a passport, Jen, because I've heard reports that it's really hard to get a passport right now. So what are you telling people that are trying to get a passport? Is that even possible right now? I know you have some tips on that. Yes. Um, So it's not possible to get a a passport quickly these days. Um, the the wait time for an expedited passport is twelve weeks, um, and a non expedited passport is, I believe, eighteen weeks. Um, so, if for some reason your passport is already in process and you are afraid that it's not going to come back in time, you can get an appointment, an emergency appointment within two weeks of, well, it's basically within two weeks and three days of your trip. So you would get your appointment and it would be three days prior to your trip. You have to show that you're going somewhere. Um, and then you would get it issued on the spot at a passport agency. There's one in Norwalk. I'm sorry. There's one in Stamford. There's one in Manhattan. Those are the two closest. Um, so those appointments themselves are even difficult to get. Um, but it's possible. And I have some great agencies that can kind of walk my clients through that process. Um, so it is possible. It's not easy. I just, I'm recommending to everybody, if you're even thinking about traveling anywhere in the next year and take a look at your passport and get it renewed if you need to now. And that goes for your children's as well. Yeah. That's such good advice, right? You don't want to be, you don't want to be last minute looking at that and realizing we have a problem. That's yeah. That would just be depressing. Yeah. So Jen, um, how are you, what are you advising your clients? You know, we're hearing all these reports of staff shortages all over the place, like not only in restaurants, but everywhere, right? It's happening everywhere, hotels, et cetera. So how are you managing people's expectations when it comes to service? Because especially if they're staying at a higher end resort, the expectations are usually pretty high. So how are you managing that? Yes. So I'm being really, you know, as soon as we have our first conversation about what's happening, I'm really clear with them (laughs) about the fact that things don't look exactly the way that they did before the pandemic. Um, And, um, you know, a lot of that has to do with, like you said, because the staff shortages, also rules are constantly changing. So not only are there less staff to deal with everything, 
and believe me, they're very excited that guests are coming back and very excited to be busy and employed, but they're dealing with different rules that they've never had to deal with that are changing constantly. Um, and maybe not as many restaurants at their facility are open um, or at their resort are open. So they're trying to bring, and the capacity is still at full capacity. So you have you know, more guests and less restaurant capacity. So reservations need to be made ahead of time. Spa treatments need to be made ahead of time. Um, kids club in some situations needs to be made ahead of time as best as you possibly can um, so that you can really ensure that you're going to have the type of experience that you want and that you envision for your vacation. So I'm just recommending to all my clients that aren't using me for those concierge services, as soon as you book it, start thinking about that and start um, making those those reservations at least three months out if you can. Yeah, um, that's, that's good so, advice. And then also yeah. just to give, give everybody a bit of a break. I mean, and not, you know, be so hard on, on these people. I mean, I've had people that have gone to Rosewoods, which is one of my favorite resorts. And they're like, I'm never going to a Rosewood again. I'm like, well, you can't really say that. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, this is not normal. Um, this isn't, and in some cases it is, it is bad management, not, not educating their staff on how to adapt. Um, but I will say that it's more of an issue domestically with the staffing than it is in Europe. Um, we're not getting as many reports as of bad service in Europe. Jen, tell us, you know, obviously there's so many advantages to hiring someone like you, especially with the complicated travel that, we're seeing, that we've just been talking about for 2021. It gets tricky. So what are the advantages of hiring someone like you to help navigate all these different protocols and all the different things that we have to be thinking about? What are the advantages of getting, of hiring someone like yourself? Number one, I'm a, I'm a curator, right? I, I am constantly, you know, doing research, talking to other colleagues, traveling to these places myself. So I'm constantly on the hunt for the best resorts, the resorts that are the family friendly, the most romantic. I care so much about making my clients happy. So I want to ensure that, well, number one, they come to me because they don't have a lot of time. That's sort of the main thing. So I want to make things easy for them, but I also want to excite them with experiences that they wouldn't necessarily think to set up for themselves, um, whether or not be, it be a cooking class with a family at a farm, you know, or s'mores on the beach or whatever, um, those experiences um, or a restaurant that is off the beaten path that nobody knows about. Um, those are the things that really excite me about my job. And those are the things that people remember. And those are the things that I really want my clients to have. The other piece is just really all of <laughs> the, the hoops that everybody has to jump through these days to travel. And I'm you know, I'm their therapist, I'm their epidemiologist, I'm their administrative assistant, like, and I'm wearing all these hats really because I have to, because it's, it's not just book your, your ticket and, and, or, you know, book your flight and get your hotel and, and pack your bags anymore. It's what are the rules? Do I have all my paperwork? Um, you know, is my pre-departure um, COVID test arranged three days prior to my departure? There's just so many little pieces and people are nervous that they're going to forget something. And I'm, I'm here to sort of be their gatekeeper for all of those things. Yeah. Who knew when you started this, doing this line of work that you would be like an expert in <laughs> PCR tests and vax cards oh, yeah. and yeah, all the things. Yeah. So Jen, yeah. would you say, I know you don't have a crystal ball, of course, but yeah. I know you have the pulse of travel. Would you say that 
business travel is going to be coming back anytime soon. I'm just curious, you know, also curious because my husband used to travel all the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> what are you, what are your thoughts on business travel coming back? I know most people would really like business travel to come back. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I have more of my finger on the pulse in, within leisure travel, but from just breeding and general research, I think that people are going to, I don't think it's coming back as fast as leisure travel by any means. And I think that people and businesses are really look, trying to look at their, their strategy, their, their whole overall business travel strategy in a way that's better for everyone, whether or not that be economically or just, you know, people's work-life work balance. And I think they're being really strategic about, okay, when does it make sense to send an employee to travel somewhere? Like, whereas it would make sense to go to Atlanta for a meeting for a day, they're not doing that anymore. Um, and I, I, I think that that, that is actually going to change, uh, like permanently. I don't, I don't think that people are going to be traveling as, as frequently. I think business travel is definitely coming back. Um, some people's jobs require it, um, internationally and domestically, and it's just a big part of their job. And it already is coming back in those cases. Um, but I, I think that this whole thing has given companies a, a sort of a time to take pause and, and reevaluate their business tra um, travel yeah. strategy. Yeah, I so. totally agree with that. So what do you see just overall for the rest of 2021? So we're in the second half of 2021. What do you see for travel? You know, obviously we've seen this huge boom over the summer, but then yeah. what, what are you, what are your thoughts about like fall and like holiday, you know, like are people yeah. already starting to think about, you know, Christmas breaks already, or is that, are people oh, yes. still a little nervous because they don't know what's going to be coming in the fall and in the winter again? Yeah. I'm hoping it's not as much of a roller coaster as it was last fall, but with the Delta variant, you know, who knows it could be, um, <laughs> I'm really hoping it's not, um, you know, I think that, I think that people that really want to travel are going to book their trips and they're going to adapt. And anybody that I talk to that wants to book a trip, um, I'm just preparing them to, you know, don't book a trip. If you are going to be really depressed, if it gets canceled, um, be really true to yourself about what you're going to do if, it, things shut down and you can't go on your trip. And if you're okay with that uncertainty, then I think you should definitely book your trip because <laughs> that room could be on tomorrow. Um, I would, that's just my general advice. Um, and I think, you know, Canada just said that they're going to be opening in the fall, um, which is great. A lot of people are excited about Canada. All Again, my hockey, all my hockey friends are cheering right now, Deb. <laughs> Uh, Ireland is sort of my top fall destination. They just reopened this week. What a beautiful place to go to in the fall. Um, and the wine country in California is another beautiful spot for as for a, we call it festive in the travel agency in the travel agent business or in the travel business. Festive season is Christmas time anywhere from mid December until January 2nd. That is the busiest time of the year in the Caribbean and Mexico and other warm weather places. And this year things are already booking up and in some cases just totally unavailable at some resorts because people are really booking way out ahead. Um, that's that. positive. Yeah. That's very optimistic. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. yeah. But it's also the, the hard part is it's also more expensive this year than it is in previous years. 
um, to travel during that time. And that time of the year is always the most expensive. So Pete, there's a lot of sticker shock that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some clients that don't normally travel that time of year that, that I'm, and I, I just always say, just, you might not even want to because it's so expensive. I know that's not what I'm supposed to say. Um, but some people really want to travel that during that time. And if, and if they do, and they're willing to pay those prices, then I highly recommend booking right now. Yeah. Um, and like you said earlier, get the travel insurance. I love that. And get the traveling. We all need that, Jen. So, Jen, I love I love following you on Instagram. Just it gives so much inspiration, so many beautiful photos, so much good advice, all your tips. So, give everyone, um, you know, how they can follow along because you have so many good. You're just such a good resource for all of us. So, let's talk a little bit about your Instagram. Well, I love doing it. Um, you know, I love to travel and I love to take pictures and I love to write um, when I do have time to do that. Um, <laughs> and it's just, you know, that's my creative outlet. So I love doing it. Um, and yeah, so I'm at Jen Terra Travels. That's my handle. And I also um, have a bunch of blogs on my website, which is jenterratravels.com. Um, and when, again, when I have time to write them, it's one of my most favorite things to do. Um, and yeah, um, I, that's, if I could sit and blog and, and, and post on Instagram all day long, I would be a happy camper. <laughs> I know it's fun. <laughs> I right? love what I, I do. Know. <laughs> yeah. So fun. You're so, you're yeah. such good content. So yeah, I'm going to oh, put your, you so your Instagram and your website will be in the show notes of this episode. So Jen, I love talking mm-hmm. to you today. Here's to more oh. travel, more good vibes. More good news in the travel industry. And just want to say thank you so much for helping all of us and serving all of us as we're all navigating travel in 2021. And as you said, sometimes it's a roller coaster, but hopefully worth it though. Steady sailing (laughs) ahead, hopefully. But thanks so much for being here today, Jen. I loved talking to you. Thank you so much, Nina. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Remember, you can find Nina's Got Good News on iTunes and Spotify, also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Outcast. And now we are also on Pandora. Please be sure to subscribe. Also, rate and review all her podcasts, too. And be sure to share it with a friend. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community in the audio space. Please follow my mom on Instagram. Her handle is Nina B. Clark. Don't forget, Clark has an E at the end of it. For now, I'm Blaine Clark. Thank you again for listening, and let's just keep being awesome. XOXO.